Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Frederick Zapone with another edition of the Easy Living Podcast. And with me is my co-host, Robert Stanton, better known as Bob, from Milford, Connecticut. And today's show is going to be about the law of attraction. So my first question to you, Bob, do you think the law of attraction is real, like gravity? Uh, Absolutely. Yes, I absolutely do. And what is your evidence or proof that that's a law? Like gravity, we all know. We all grow up with gravity. We all know that if we step off a porch step and don't pay attention, we'll fall. But what's the proof that the law of attraction is real? Um, Well, in person. (laughs) And um, you let it happen. It it, it, it itself um, pretty, pretty arrogantly if you will and can you, I, give, can you give can you give me a concrete example either from your life or somebody else's life um well I, you know I, i've had some some examples over the years but uh sometimes it's as simple as you know getting a parking spot sometimes it's as simple as you know making someone call me uh, you know, or basically like, I, you know, I'll just start to focus on some and keep focusing on them and, you know, focusing on them. They'll call, you know, but it, it's some, you know, something as simple as that, you know, to something as, uh, as, you know, not having the money to go somewhere and wanting to go on a trip and, kind of just making sure that that happened really so the phone ringing right now (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's the way it goes there'll be other interruptions before our show's over so um you know there's a lot written about the the law of attraction obviously a lot and uh but in terms of all the people i have talked to about it, it seems like the you know there's like i would say there's let's say out of 100 people interested in the law of attraction you know they know a lot about it <laughs> only two percent actually make it work consistently on a regular basis uh, what's your experience with people do you think most people can you know make the law of attraction work in their favor easily or uh, do they have to struggle with it um, i think for most people anything they don't understand is a struggle by the way do you have to answer that phone no it's my whole use but it's down in this room equipment that's okay i had the ringer off i didn't realize because <laughs> i don't hear it ring right 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 so I, if it becomes frustrating i unplug it because honestly yeah I, you can listen to the mail on it it's just one of those things yeah. it's here so it rings. yeah not a problem um yeah so back to the question so yeah, out of 100 people, you know, my experience in talking to many people about it is 2% can easily use the law of attraction and work in their favor, and they do it consistently, and they do it very consciously, and they do it very specifically. But most of the people don't. Um, and 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 I see, you know, like a plethora, like tons of books on the law of attraction, like it's never ending. And it's like if the law of attraction is as easy as I believe that it is, and I've experienced that it is, why is it so difficult for most people to just grasp, you know, that if you feel good, you attract good things, and if you feel bad, you attract bad things? Why is it hard for people to grasp that? Um, 
I think because everybody learned that they got to work for everything. Like, you know, in school, you know, we, we learned we had to work for everything that we get. Um, whether it be praise, whether it be, you know, um, uh, you know our, our milk carton for, you know, the spot we want to be in for nap time. I'm thinking, of course, kindergarten. Yeah. Um, right, right. I think we're just used to working for everything. And uh, in, if I've, you know, if there's anything I've noticed about the law of attraction is the, the, the lack of work is, uh, <laughs> is the bigger part. Yeah. When you say when you say the lack of work is the bigger part of the law of attraction working, yeah. I think when you're when you're putting in effort to make things happen, you're not you're not letting things happen. You're too busy resisting them, and I think that's why people have such a hard time with it. Because I think they're they're so used to working for everything, and uh, you know, like we'll we'll bring it back to the gravity thing. You don't for gravity to work. No, that's right. I mean, right? It, it's just going to, yeah, absolutely. There's no effort to make gravity. Gravity works. Right. And I guess people don't get that with the law of attraction. It works either for or against you, but it's always working. And I think it's working against people when, I guess on one hand, they they want the law of attraction to work for them, but on the other hand, they don't trust it. So they undermine the law of attraction by working, which I would think neutralizes them, it working in their favor think yeah um i i absolutely agree i mean i've had uh, but i also think one of the problems i think is that people don't have a really good connection with their inner selves it's like you got to be connected well with yourself uh separate from what goes on in the outside world in other words, if you're not connected and what i mean by connected well with yourself if you're not feeling whole and complete as you are then it's hard to have the kind of vibration that attracts things back to you. Uh, you know, I teach a lot about the law of attraction and, and and the thing I'm always harping on, which I've harped on a thousand different ways, is that your feelings are your vibrations. Your feelings will tell you what you're attracting to yourself, whether you're attracting. I always say that feelings are the first physical evidence of what you're attracting to yourself, good or bad. And if you don't like what you're attracting to yourself, then you should change your thoughts so you change your feelings. But it, to me and to a lot of people, the law of attraction still seems to have a a new agey or an airy fairy feel to it, and I'm not sure why that is. In other words, I don't think I don't think it's mainstream yet. I mean, certainly you don't see uh, Starbucks or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, uh, you know, using the law of attraction uh, or talking about it that I know of. That would be interesting. If uh, have you ever come across? any articles by some mainstream you know uh, high profile people who um espouse the law of attraction have you come across those people no but i but i have to say that the the you know the majority of successful people that i know personally that i've been you know that i you know run in the same circles as um they all seem to get it as well um i i have a client who's um you know who's light years ahead of me in the world of if you will wealth mm-hmm. and, and i've spent time with him and we we have a tendency to throw books at each other not okay. in a violent way yeah. <laughs> right 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 right, right. <laughs> like you know hey okay you really should read this book 
<clears throat> right. You know, I've had books recommended, you know, by by him that I've read, and I'm like, wow, well, it's like, you know, and, and he, of course, he, next time we talked, you know, well, what, what, what do you think about that? And I'd be like, well, I was like, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff that book was about was um, things I knew to be true, you know. The the more I deal people on that level, the more I realize that you know, a good majority of them do actually they may not have a name for it. You know, where we're calling right. Not have a name for it. But they certainly understand the you know the just the process. You think so. people have a hard time um you know, when things aren't going their way, when things aren't working out, or when they're having conflict with somebody, either in a personal relationship or business, do you think people have a hard time seeing uh, how they attracted that? I mean, since the law of attraction, as, I, as I've read, believe, and been told, you know, works for against you all the time. So uh, if that's true, then if you have conflict, if you have relationships not working out, either personal or business, then somehow you're bringing that about. I mean, is that your experience or not? It's it's all. Um, I think it's tough. I think it's tough for people in general to uh, to take responsibility for everything they get. Yeah. Um, and part of that might be why it's it's hard for people to to recognize what they did to bring something to them, simply because it, it's very hard to you know, it, it's very hard to think that something like right right for me to say i brought about a bird pooping on me and and i really hope i don't bring around a bird pooping on me now that i talk about it but you but, might but, but but here's the thing but but you had to be in that particular spot for their bird to poop on you so your part in the, the equation was you were where were the you were in the spot where the bird decided to poop Attending a poop-free journey. You were not well. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably, you probably gave whether you got pooped on or not. You probably gave it no thought at all. Right. The fact is that I, I guess one of the things I, I've discovered in terms of people having their own power or reclaiming their power, taking back power, the more this is what my personal uh, uh, take on it. But the more you're willing to say, I am responsible for everything I experience in life, the more you're able to reclaim your power. And the more you blame anything for things that go wrong in your life, the more of your power that bleeds out of you. In other words, um, if, if you take 100% responsibility for everything you experience in life, then I, then you're not, you can't be a victim. Uh, you can be victimized short, for a short period of time, but you can't be a victim because even though you don't understand it, you're taking responsibility for the part you played because you were part of that equation, whether it be a personal or a business relationship. I, and I guess one of the questions I have, when you ha when you attract something unwanted into your life and you work through it, do you ever go back and ask yourself, how did you bring that about and then discover how you brought that about? Um, maybe once or twice, but I can't say that I would, that's something I do now. Like I haven't done anything like that in a while. Okay. I, 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 and that's it's my own loss, but I, I I tend to nowadays find a lot less time for self reflection. 
So, uh, so okay. So, I mean, of course, I think there's only self-reflection. No matter what we're doing, we're, we may not be, you know, thinking about it, but our actions are all self, self-reflective actions. So, I, so in the, in terms of your day, what is your main focus? In other words, what is your do? You, do you operate out of goals or do you operate out of intention? Um, mainly out of intention. Okay, so in terms of let's talk about your business in general, generally speaking. So, what is your intent? What, what is your uh, fundamental intention for your business? Um, basically, to provide uh, the best service for my clients. Of, um, you know, at uh, with you know with the the best products available nowadays not not so much because there's really not any products available but um you know i I guess my clients i i'm very targeted with creating personal relationships with them in other words I, i don't want a whole bunch of clients that you know just one item from me or just want to do business with me one time or what have you. I look for personal relationships. I, I, you know, I was actually talking about this the other day and I'm going to, I'm going to journey right off of my business for a moment. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Into how I do business with people. Right. And I, and I was discussing it with someone and um, I don't remember who um, I was discussing it with someone. And basically what I pointed out was I don't have any businesses that I do regular business with that I don't consider my friends. Okay. Like, um, any business, any business. If, if I frequent your business, and I'm not talking about like a like a Walmart or a Target or something like that. That's a different story. I'm talking about like you know small businesses or you know small medium sized businesses where you know you're, they're in your hometown or at least in your home state. Um of businesses that I regularly frequent every single one of them I have a like a personal connection with them including my doctor okay like my doctor is a client and his friends are clients yeah okay and 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 that's been true for basically all of my doctors so far except for my um my uh optometry which clearly we need to change, um, <laughs> but it's it's that it's that's kind of how I run my business the same way. Like I, I look for not only clients but you know friends, people who stick with me, you know, no matter what. And um, and I feel as though I've been successful in that in, in many ways. But I, you know, like I said, I, ju- I swear I just noticed the other day that that's literally how I've been. That's that's the kind of client I've been all along with small businesses as well. Yeah. At least, I'm sorry. Is um, if I do business with you more than once or twice, you know me. When I walk in the next time, you know me. You know, you're you're familiar with something about me, and 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 I'm familiar with something about you, and. At some point, we end up wanting to do more for each other. Um, th- this, in, you know, and, and this includes anyone I do business. I mean, my we'll go into my boat mechanic. Right. My boat mechanic. This is a great example. My boat mechanic was complaining to me a couple of years ago about um, 
you know, he was busy as hell. And he was doing basically this was, you know, side work. He was a he was a marine mechanic during the day and then a marine mechanic at night, you know, kind of like moonlighting as well, you know, having his own customers. And he was like, you know, he's like, I'm working my butt off and it's like, I don't have any time. I'm doing everything I can. And and I said to him, I was like, I was like, well, that's good. I was like, you're making a lot of money. I mean, are you doing well? He's like, no, he's like, I really am not. I said, oh, I said, raise your prices. And he said, what? I said, you need to raise your prices. I said, if you're working your butt off and people are taxing all of your time, I said, but you're not rolling in it. You know, I said, right. You have to raise your price. You have to raise your price because you know what's going to happen is your good customers are going to stick with you regardless. I said, but those little pain in the butt customers, they're going to roll right off because they're going to go, well, he's much more, he's much too expensive now. It's because you're too inexpensive is why, you know, your, your lower level clients are still bothering you. I was like, raise your price. And I said to him, I was like, this doesn't help me at all. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, this does not help me in any way. You raising your prices because I'm not, I'm not, not the guy saying raise your prices for everyone but me. I'm saying raise your prices. Because right. you So now I pay my mechanic more than I used to. So he did raise his prices. Yes. And so now he's happier being busy because he's making more money, right? Yeah. He uh, bought himself a nice Jaguar F type last year. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, talk, it, it's talking about money. It, it really relates to the law of attraction. I think most people um, are attracted to the law of attraction first because they want to make more money. That, at least that's kind of what my consensus is. That's what people first. That's the carrot that makes people be interested in the law of attraction. That being said, most people don't make as much money as you do. So what? And, and I guess one of the questions I have: Do you make more money than your dad did? Uh, yes. Okay. So why do you think, and I know, you know, you make what, six figures, right? It's in the six figures, something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well planned. Seven figures. Yeah. Uh, planned okay. six figures. <laughs> right. So well planned six figures. So, so why do you think you make six figures and other people don't and, and that are comparable in terms of your the skill and intelligence? In other words, because I've seen this happen time and time again. You could take two people in the same field with the same level of intelligence, and one will be making much more money than the other. What do you think is the difference? I mean, obviously, you you have a a great, I think, a great relationship with money. But where did that come from? Um, I don't know, because I I, I didn't exactly grow up in like you know tons of wealth. Um, right. I, my mom was a, you know, my mom was, it was her and me. Yeah. And she worked multiple jobs, you know, to get by. So I didn't necessarily learn it from her. I honestly learned it through experience, you know, just to, you know, the only way to amplify myself. Okay, I, I actually was at one point I was in a position of my uh, my marine mechanic. Okay, okay, <laughs> I was an employee. I was working for other people. I was working for other companies, and whoa, there's only so much I can do. Right, I can only work 
24 hours a day. So what would I learn to do? Um, scale myself. Okay. And I just got out of a business partnership with, you know, with, with a business partner who didn't understand scaling or at the very least didn't want to participate in it. Uh, and the whole idea behind scaling was I need to amplify my ability to provide value. That's literally right. That's any business. If you want to make to amplify your ability to provide value. If your if your your method, if your go-to method for amplifying your you know your how you provide value is to is to hit the bricks or hit the grindstone and start grinding out more time pushing, you know, pushing buttons or operating machinery or making sales calls or what have you you will always be restricted by the fact that there are 24 hours in the day, right? Yep. However, and here's, and here's where the, I have the, I have a perfectionist gene. It's horrible. Okay. And I've learned to get around it. Um, you know, here's where the perfectionist gene comes in where you say, okay, well, yeah, I guess I can have someone else do what I do. I could, I could teach someone how to do what I do, but they don't do it as well as I do. You're right. right. Yeah. Right. Um, my number has always been 85%. I want them to be about 85% as good as I am. And I don't care if, the, if they're better. Great. Um, if they can't, you know, live up to 85%. Well, then that's my failure. I, I, I can't seem to get, you know, get them past that. And at some point, you know, we just need to part ways because we don't work. But if I can get them to 85% and I can get 10 people that can do 85% of what I can do, that's 850%. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Well, yeah. So you're talking about multiplying yourself through other people. Right. Absolutely. And, so and that's, that's literally... yeah. Where success comes from, once again, that's where the self-sabotage in that is that whole perfectionist thing where it's like, you know, oh, no one is as good as I am. No one's going to be able to, you know, you're right. Absolutely. No one's going to be able to provide the value you provide. That's great. Then don't expect them to find where you expect them to be and realize that if you only have to put in 15 if, if they're if they're putting in 85% of the effort and you have to put in 15% how many people can you manage right right but, 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 but is your goal is your goal to make more money or is your goal to be of, of greater service to people my goal is to provide value the, the, the best value to my clients as humanly possible through you know through products and services and and you know and human resources that can get things done you know in a timely manner how i do that it can it could be me but i choose not to have it be me i have i choose to be my employees right and i take a certain amount of pride in in having employees and in keeping them in a job i mean last year was a 
last year. <laughs> right, right, last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Right. When, when they say 2020, they're going to go, well, 2020. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's one of, it was one of the points of contention with my, my previous business partner is immediately go to getting rid of all the employees and we're just going to grind it out. And that's not a business. That's a job. It's like that. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not working on creating a job. We're working on creating a business and there's nothing wrong with working in the business. Um, but there is something wrong with when you get scared contracting back to day one kind of thinking. And when I say day one kind of thinking, what I'm talking about basically is, you know, back on day one, when you started your business, the only worker you had was you. Right. If you ever, if you build up out that out past that point where you have employees and you, and you have a team, if you contract back to the day one mentality, you you lost it all. You you just went the wrong way. You should have just closed the place. You're so better I'm off. guessing. So I'm guessing that when you first went into business, it was never about the money. It was always about the value, and it was always about being of service. Is that true or not? Um, you know, when I first went into business, it was about doing something I enjoy and being able to make a living out of it. Okay, so the focus was more on doing something you enjoyed than it was on the money. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people get too focused yeah. on the money and don't give the service. Yeah. My, my thing was, as long as I had enough money to survive mm -hmm. and I could do whatever I, I want, you know, or, or do what I like, you know, what I like to do, I was happy. Um, in fact, like when people used to ask me when I first started my very first business, which mm -hmm. by the way, this is my fourth. Well, okay. All of them pretty much related. Um, the very first one I created is still running um, without me. Uh, okay. Absentee of that one, but it's still out there, still running. It's actually a competitor of mine, which is kind of weird. Um, anyways, when I when I first started, people you say you should say, well, you know, what's the allure? Like, you know, why do you like doing this? Or, you know, you know, why did you choose to do this? And I was like, I get to play with toys that I could never afford. <laughs> okay. At the time. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I got to play with toys I could never. Um. And I, you know, to get those toys you know, operational for people to afford them. You know, now I'm at the point where I can't afford those toys if I want them. Exactly. Um, but so what I'm what I'm hearing is that from the get go, it's always been about doing what makes you happy, doing what feels good, doing what makes makes other people feel good in terms of giving them service and never the money. I, and the reason why I'm kind of focus on that right now is because it seems to me that most people who have trouble attracting money is because they're focused on money and not focused on having fun and being of service to people would you agree or disagree yes absolutely agree and um and and, and something that actually kind of pops from, came from mother and i'm sure it's come from it 
question. Um, and it's summarized, and she said it a different way, but it's summarized in do what you love and you'll never work a day. Yeah, yeah. Love, you'll never work a day in your life. Now, look, I want to talk about, so, so you said it was you and your mother, so I'm guessing your dad left you, is that correct? Uh, my mom father were divorced i saw my father all the time but they were okay. divorced. so i was living with my mother so you know and obviously i'm sure my you know my father paid child support there was no problem with that and they actually got along which was okay. nice for me like yeah, yeah. Uh, my my mother and father could actually sit down and like you know like even when i was like in my older like teenage years i could literally come home and my father would be there with my mother talking you know okay good good so so, yeah. so, okay. So, what was the major influence that you got from your father, and what was the major influence you got from your mom? Um, well, the funny thing about both my mother and father were both people managers. Okay. Um, and now a people manager in okay. the technology sector, right? Mm -hmm. So, I got from if you asked me years ago what I got. I got from my father, I would say, well, from my mother, I got the, you know, people management, you know, the ability to, to hire and fire people, the ability to, you know, to find the right people and compassion. And then if you ask me from my father, I would say, well, I got, you know, the love of technology and the understanding of technology and so on and so forth. But if you actually ask me today, I learned from both of them how to manage people of all types. Okay, so now you said your mother had multiple jobs. Did you work multiple jobs at the same time? Is that correct? She did. She did accounting, and uh, you know, for for company, you know, for companies personally, and she obviously worked for a company doing accounting. Then she was in the insurance sector, um, you know, product manager, HR, you know, all that fun stuff. Now I'm guessing that she must have loved her work. Uh, uh... I'm guessing because I mean, where would you get loving your work if you didn't get it from your parents? Yeah, I, I think she liked it. I'd have to call her and ask her. Okay. <laughs> what about your dad? What did he do? Um, so my father was in telecommunications. Okay, so okay, so he was in the tech part of the business, right? Yeah, he was in the tech side, um, and he he you know he managed it. He was like, you know, the, the, the regional head guy who literally connected the internet. <laughs> okay. In a, in a major city north of here. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> including, you know, other places as well. But like, you know, I would say his claim to fame would be like, you know, you know connecting the, you know, when, when the internet was literally in its infancy, my father was out there putting that stuff in. I don't even think he knew what it was going to be for. Okay. Um, he was telecommunications, you know, so phone company basically. And they were putting in tons and tons and tons of these big telecommunication switches and nobody really knew what they were going to be used for until they started getting used, you know, and I'm sure they're probably still running today. Yeah, but, that stuff kind of, kind of unfolded naturally. So let me ask you this question in terms of at what point in your life did you become aware of the law of attraction and in what ways has it made your life better? 
Like, what was the first? What was the first book you read? Or, what, what, yeah, the, go back to the time when you first heard of it. Who did you hear of it from? And you know, where did it go from there? I was working in a client's house, and I saw the book, The Secret. Okay, about it. And the woman who was who whose book it was recommended that I read it, and I ended up going out and buying it, and I read it, and. I I think we've discussed this before. Somehow I found you. I still have no idea how. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. I don't know how you found me. It's been what ten years now. We've been connected. Way at it's least than ten years. It's long. It, it seems like it seems like ten, but it is longer than ten years. Yeah. yeah. It seems. Yeah, and I don't know either. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have no. There's no way to reckon recollect where. No, but and we knew each other before we hit fate before Facebook even existed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I, but again, I don't know where. Maybe on one of the VBSs or somewhere. I don't know. A blog. Oh, that's right. I had a very active blog back in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I had a very active blog. So How okay, so blog. I am completely. I can't remember how yeah. I find, but that's how I found you, and that's why we've been talking for you know, the greater part of a, more than a decade. <laughs> Yeah, easily more in a decade. So after you read the book, The Secret, um, well, first off, you saw the book at a, what a client's house. You said, "Yep." Okay. So, what made you read the book? I mean, obviously, you must have picked it up and saw something that made you want to read the book. So, or, or maybe she said something. But yeah, what was your motivation? What attract going to the law of attraction? What attracted you to that book? I mean, did you just you happen to see it? Laying somewhere, right? You saw. What did you do? See the title? Yeah, I saw the title, and then you picked up the book. I picked up the book and I asked about it. Okay, and I got. It, it, I don't it, remember the brief description I got of it, but it was enough to make me go out and get it. Okay, and then you got the book, and then you read it. And I guess the first first the question I have, you got the book and read it, but why? What? What? I mean, obviously, we don't do things unless there's some benefit to us in most cases. Or to somebody, but certainly ourselves. So, what was the benefit you were looking for, and did you receive that benefit from the book? Uh, I'm very curious, so I like to know. I like to know how things work, and anything、okay. anything that purports to tell me it's going to give me an idea better of how things work, I'm、mm-hmm. always for it. Okay, I'm, I'm always in for it. In fact,、um, <clears throat> it's.、Uh, See, probably one of my favorite ways to introduce a skeptical person to the attraction. Okay, is <laughs> this is exactly how I put it too. I always say, I would have to be a very ignorant person to assume that I know how everything works. Okay, so why why wouldn't I want to you know look into you know apps and other ideas as to how things world works, right? Right, yeah, you know, it's extremely so, ignorant. So, you know everything. Okay, so so you're a very curious person. So your curiosity, in part, was one of the driving forces to read the secret. But what was your motivation to read the secret? In other words, besides the curiosity, what skill about yourself were you interested in improving? What what did you think the law of attraction could do for you that that wasn't happening in your life before you read that book? Well. So I did not attack the book with a specific、uh, goal in mind. I attacked the book with 
the I attack the book with the means or the uh, uh, why is the word just not coming to me? My my uh, was to consume it. Okay, okay, I got that. <laughs> I, I guess I should have just said that from the get go. My only plan was to see what this book was about because it sounded interesting to me and I'm going to consume this book. And when I am finished consuming this book, if I like what I saw, right. I'm then going to broaden my from there. And that's what led me to, to Bob Proctor and, um, and Joe Vitale. I've, I've been through those two. I remember there were all sorts of stuff with them. Somehow led me to you. I don't know where or how, but yeah, I, I don't either. Um, and of course, Tony, Tony Robbins is a part of your repertoire. Uh, your yeah, background. yeah, yeah. But to, Tony Robbins is a completely different. He's a different animal, you know. He's a. I want to say he's more grounded, but if you've ever seen, you know, gone to one of his seminars, you realize that that's absolutely not the right word to describe him. Um, right. <laughs> but he's he's a different he's a different animal in the in the self improvement world, if you will. You know, he's. Well, I a, think he wasn't. Well, he was a big deal before the secret. I mean, a massive big deal before the secret. Yeah, he's well, a big, he, he's a big, he's a big, big NLP guy. Right, right. He was a big uh, NLP guy. For and, for you people listening, NLP is neuro linguistics programming, yeah. which everybody should take a course in that because it's amazing. Um, yeah, so, okay, so, but again, going back to the law of track, so, did you have a feeling about the book? I mean, did you have a feeling about reading The Secret? Did you get a feeling while you were reading The Secret? Did you start to understand that it's our feelings that are the vibrations that attract, and was there anything specific that changed after you read that book in your life? Well... When I uh, when I read the book, obviously I, I thought it was profound. It was a complete, you know, completely different looking at things I've looked at before. And to toy around with it. And what I learned was that playing is a whole lot more fun and easy than using it and what i mean by that is because you're going to ask me right well, what do you mean by that right yeah yeah, yeah. it's like let me see if i can attract a freak parking at the mall okay. in the front row and it's christmas this off okay and just and just do it and it happens and it's like wow Right. Now, like I said, that's playing with it. Like, man, look at me. I'm after this. Trust me. I don't need to park in the far front row at all. Right. <laughs> I, I, far away. I, I should leave honestly and walk. So, what's this? Right. But, but instead, I pay to go to a gym. So, yeah, that keeps me alive. So, all good. Okay. Anyways, so that's playing with it. Things that don't matter. As soon as you think you, you then try to use the law of attraction to do something, to use it, 
for something that does matter, well, then we have emotional baggage attached to that, right? So you're talking about the difference between things that you have attachment to and things that you don't. In other words, in terms of the parking space, if you got one, it was okay. If you didn't, it was okay. You didn't. You weren't attached one way or the other. Which, but when you go to things that that you consider or you say are more important, then you get attached to the outcome, which oftentimes seems to prevent the outcome from coming out the way you want it. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Almost like because why? Why? No. Why is that? What's the first? The first the the cardinal mistake of of the law of attraction is to think about what you don't want. Yes, exactly, exactly. You cannot you cannot think about what you don't want. You just I mean, as soon as you do, you ain't gonna get it. I mean, you're just it's. I mean, you're gonna get what you don't want if you right. start thinking about. It. Right. So so oh, the we're trick all we're all negative thinkers. We all well, we are. Yeah, we are. We're very programmed to think negative. We're, we're actually yeah. programmed. In fact, one of the things I'm dealing with right now is, is getting people to get beyond, to do more inner work, to, 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 to develop a deeper relationship with their inner selves. Because in fact, if you get in touch with your natural self, the inner self, the one that you were from the time you were born, the one that lives under all the programming, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, when we're first born and we're, when we're programmed the first 12 years of our life, we do not have strong intellectual skills or mental skills to uh, to refute any of that stuff because people are bigger, stronger. And of course, you know, we depend on them for our survival. So. So the problem is that by the time you're 21, you have so much programming that you are not even aware of how powerful you really are. And uh, and 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 so it's it's kind of like people people are programmed for their happiness to be dependent on something outside of themselves, which is one of the biggest mistakes any of us can make. Because when we and you know that, especially and we do that, especially with relationships. It's like we we have all done. You've done it. I've done it. We've all done that. Where we put our happiness in the hands of a potential woman, and if she liked us, we were happy. If she didn't like us, we were unhappy. And but but it wasn't just in the relationship. It was everywhere. I mean, because we were taught that happiness is out there somewhere. It's either in having that car, that boat, that plane, that train, uh, whatever it is. And and so people don't know that they have everything inside themselves to be happy right now. And if they come from who they truly are, they can have everything they want in the outside world. It's it's like, and people don't get that. You know, they don't get that. So one of the other questions I have to you about the law of attraction. So you read the book. Did you then watch the movie? I watched them later. Okay. I went. I went from very quickly from the book to getting involved with some other guys and uh, and I went I'm an audiobook guy so okay. you know for me to to sit down and read a book is is kind of a big deal sometimes uh, right I understand that but um but I st- yeah I still do read books my most recent book I read was the alchemist um which if you have not read I recommend it's a great book by Paul Coe. What's the how's his last name pronounced? Coe? Co- uh, yeah. I have to go I can't look at the books yeah, in I know. the other room. It's but, a great uh, book, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great book. 
Um, that's actually one of the books that was recommended to one of my, you know, client slash friends that who mm-hmm. we throw books at each other. That was that was a book that he threw at me, and that's actually the one I was talking about when I said I was like, you know, I was like, wow, I was like, there's a lot of things that yeah. I understand to be true here, you know, right, right. So, um, so anyways, I'm go, all, go ahead. So go I go went, from, I went from the secret to. I bounced around. I went to the secret. Then I started getting in with Bob, Bob Proctor. Okay. And somewhere along the line. Oh, I know what it was. So this was my, you know, some of the first years of my, you know, my first business. Mm-hmm. So doing a lot of trips to like Kinko's to get like business cards and flyers printed up. And, you know, sometimes even proposals, you know, stuff like that. And at Kinko's, I don't know if you've ever noticed. I don't know mm-hmm. if your house has it, but we're now it's FedEx office, right? Right. Um, there's usually a little, the thing of books on, or books on. Mm-hmm. Um, I started grabbing things from books on CD. And I would just buy this every, you know, every once in a while when I go there, I'd buy something. I'd buy something. That's where I listen to Tony Robbins. That's, And there is where I found, um, uh, what was it? Um, Abraham Hicks. Okay. And that was a heck of a rabbit hole to, to chase down in uh, the audiobook territory. You ever see how many freaking CDs they have? Like it's like, mm-hmm. a, like a packet. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I consumed all of it, all of it, several times. And then I would, you know, and I would kind of, I would go away from there for a while and then I'd end up in with uh, the think and grow rich stuff, right? Because Proctor really likes to, you know, to push on, you know, Napoleon Hill stuff. So, you know, I end up in the the think and grow rich, I, the how to win friends and influence people, and then I go, you know, all the way out to current stuff like Malcolm Gladwell. I'm reading some of his stuff, you know, and it, and that's more human. Thing else, and then. Every once in a while, I'd find myself kind of getting, feeling weird, like not feeling mm-hmm. good. And I found like just literally going back to like Abraham Hicks or The Secret or something like that and listening to it on book me in a better mood. Right. Because it's the reminder that you need that you actually are in control of things. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what people need a lot of is being reminded for sure. So, uh, and I guess the, the, you know, we've hit on something I think it's really important, and actually it led to an idea for the next show. I wasn't sure whether we were going to do one more show after this one on Law of Attraction, but we are, uh, and it's going to be. See, the thing that you hit on, and it's like, when you do the Law of Attraction for fun, it's easy to attract whatever you want. Yep. And so one of my issues with all these Law of Attraction teachers, and there are lots of them out there, including myself is that, and I say this often, I mean, the knowledge is awesome. I don't care whether it's Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, uh, Abraham Hicks, the knowledge that they share with people is awesome. But I kept on asking myself, because I would get a lot of uh, emails from people who would come to me and say, I, I love this stuff, but I can't make it work in my life. And it finally hit me is what the problem is, is that they're giving them the information, but they're not showing them how to apply it. And knowledge without application, ain't worth spit so i want us to put our asses on the line 
in the next show and the shows after that if they if if things unfold as they're supposed to uh, and well they will whether it fits my pictures or not but I, I, I would like us to be living examples for our audience on how to have fun with the law of attraction so people can attract what they want because you're right as soon as you make it too important then you lose that connection and you cannot attract it you just can't i mean if you make a life or death if you make a survival you're not going to get it you know um and so uh, um so at some point you know you know you and i will talk between between sessions but at some point uh i want you and i both to come up with not necessarily the same thing but something that we want to attract uh from one week to the other I mean, we're, in other words, I want to make this a very conscious experiment where you say to me, Frederick, this week, I want to attract this specific thing. And I'm going to say the same thing to you, but we have to do it in the domain of play. We can't do it in the domain of life or death or survival or if we don't do it, our egos will look bad. We can't do it. That Are you up to playing that game? Sure. That sounds like okay. fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, because that's the thing for me. That that's where I think people. And, and what one of the bad side. You know, there's positive things. There's negative things for lots of people about the law of attraction. One of the negative things is that when people can't, they read this knowledge and it rings true for them because it is true. I mean, you can feel it. Like you said, you go back to the secret. You go back to Abraham Hicks and you read it again, and it lifts you up because you know it's truth that's being spoken. And that's what truth will do. It will lift you up. Lies will put you down, but truth will lift you up. And um, so what happens is when they don't have any guidance, and this is where I want to provide great value for people, where they don't have any guidance in the application of the law, what happens is they work with it, they work with it, they fail with it, they fail with it, they work with it, they, and they end up feeling guilty, end up feeling like there's something wrong with them. And, and actually there have been, I, I, well, I can't even I know how bad it has been for some people it has it, led to very bad consequences only because they don't understand that you can have all the head knowledge in the world but if you don't have role models or somebody that can provide you with the paradigm or, or, or a, a, a framework where you can successfully apply it's kind of like your business you have the knowledge but you also know how to apply that knowledge to all the technology that you you do if you just had the knowledge and you didn't know how to apply that knowledge then you're you wouldn't be able to serve your customers yep so I agree. Yep. yeah so um so the, yeah so that's my thought and it's you know and i've never done this before with anybody and i've certainly have never done it publicly like you I've, I've played with it in the sense of and i've and i've actually on a more serious level i've attracted some very big things but the playing with it is the most fun and that's what i want to keep the playing with it I mean, I've done the parking lot thing repeatedly, and I guess that's the thing when you, when you're, when you master playing with it, and that's the, that's really the goal. When you master playing with it, it's a repeat, it's something you can repeat consistently, and um, but that takes people trusting themselves more and and giving up on the outside, you know, letting go of the outside circumstances. In other words, them getting in touch with their power. Um, anyhow, so. Um, I know you got any other thought we're, we're running on to an hour already believe it or not so um i think yeah. there's a lot of meat in here um i i guess i guess my final question to you before we wrap up the show is um 
What is the biggest benefit that you have personally gained in terms of uh, the law of attraction, in terms of your own wellness, in terms of your own health? Uh, just what is, from your standpoint, what do you think has been the biggest benefit for you about the law of attraction? The biggest benefit for me mm -hmm. has been comfort. The comfort in knowing that I actually can, can make whatever I want happen and it's something that i and it's it's funny because i've actually had that feeling in me for many many years mm -hmm. um just didn't know that you know it was a an attracting thought if you will and it was basically the the the, the thought that gets me through the thought that got me through 2020 when it first started to hit was the thought it goes into my mind and I can't say it. it's like, you know, it's a certain phrase or anything, but it's a, it's almost like a self incantation. And it is, I will always get through no matter what the obstacle is. That's it. That's been in my mind for years. And, um, and now it's, you know, it's, it's more comforting to know that I wasn't lying to myself. Exactly. In other words, well, there, there's a phrase that I use often, and it's called, and the phrase goes like, if you say it often, whatever you say, you say it often enough, it will become law in your universe. So when you say that you will always, always get through whatever obstacle you're faced with, that's a self I guess that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. In fact, what most people don't get, everything they speak is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And so, so people need to monitor their self-talk more to see the correlation between what they think and how they feel. I mean, if, if people can start making that connection between what they think and how they feel, they will be able to think a better class of thoughts more often. So, you know, the, the and I like the idea because you're right, the, the law of attraction gives you a level of comfort that, in my opinion, organized religion has never given us. And organized religion was supposed to give us a level of comfort. It did not. It gave us a level of guilt and a level of shame. Now, that's my personal experience. Um, I don't know what your experience is about it, but, but in this life, with as many conflicting points of view as you have, if you have 300 million people, you probably have 300 million points of view, 300 million individual little realities uh, you know, that you have to have a core, you have to have something um, that you rock. And... Uh, and I think for me, the truth that's spoken by so many of these teachers in the law of attraction give you that comfort because when the, you read it, you know it's true. You may not know how to apply it, but you know it's true. And that alone gives you comfort. And then yeah. you have to work at it, you know. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. I'll tell good. you, the, the, the little mantra that I just told you about that's like, you know, been in my head for many, many years before I even got involved with the secret. And mm -hmm. I've actually realized that it's, you know, it's kind of like my a point of attraction that I have is like I think about it as like boy if we could instill that in everyone in the world we would never have to worry about suicide ever again that's right that's exactly right absolutely never, you'd never have to worry about losing to someone to something like crazy like that ever again because I look at it and I realize you know boy no matter how low I go and trust me I have not gone that low right but, but no matter how low I go I know that the bottom, you know, the floor is rubber. I'll come right back up. 
And no matter how bad things may get or in my life, how bad they may look or how, you know, how deceiving they may, you know, be, mm-hmm. I, uh, I've got that, you know, that, that thought in my head that says, just get through this no matter what it is. So like, you know, it's almost like, all right, well, do what you're going to do world. <laughs> because I already know that I'm coming out of this on top somewhere. So do what you got to do and get it out of the way because this is getting annoying. Yeah, well, you're talking about having a rock solid foundational thought that no matter what happens, you're going to get through it. And that thought, you're right, would save a lot of people from going down the dark hole where there is no return. So I agree with you. So I think this is a a great start with uh, keeping the law of attraction real because that's what I'm going to call the title of that. And I'm going to wrap this up. Folks, I've been talking to uh, Bob Stanton from Milford, Connecticut. Uh, He is my co-host on the shows dealing with the law of attraction. He and I are going to talk between this episode and the next one. And we're going to set up a game called playing with the law of attraction and producing very tangible results with playing with it and sharing not only what we're what our game is and what we're going to track from week to week but we're going to share the results with you we'll share our successes we'll share our failures what we'll do is we'll become detectives after we uh, after the week passes and we produce the result or we don't if we produce the result we'll as detectives explain to you the audience exactly how we got that result and if we fail as detectives we will uh, do an autopsy on uh, our experiment and see where the failure was and share that with you because our goal in the series of law of attraction uh, episodes is to allow you to take the knowledge you already have about the law of attraction and successfully apply it to every area of your life including the areas of finances relationships and health how's that sound to you bob yes absolutely and especially the ones that are important to you because those are yes you know and and it's funny because you know once again you you say all areas of your life in certain areas of people's lives the law of attraction could be considered play yeah and whereas others that exact same area of their life they would consider it to be a life ending if you know if things didn't go the way they want them to exactly yeah so we'll deal with it we'll talk about those parts of the uh, you know the survival and the not survival and the play of the law of attraction because there's a lot to talk about but i think especially uh you know playing a real life game that's fun uh our listeners will benefit from it and we will become more skilled and become more masterful in what we know about the law of attraction So thank you for being here for this episode, Bob. And to our audience out there, uh, Bob and I want to ask you to do a favor for us. And that is we want you to take very good care of yourselves for us. And we will do the same for you. And until the next time, this is Frederick Sapone in Texas talking to you. And on the line with me, I have Mr. Bob Stanton in good old Connecticut where it's starting to get cold. All right. Have a great day, Bob. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Frederick. Okay. Bye-bye.